1: All right, you know what that means? You are listening to the Mystery of Parenthood and um, excited about the show today? Well, let's begin as we always do with our prayer. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Lord God, from you every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the Church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission, in the family and through the family. We ask this of You, who is Life, Truth, and Love, with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Family of Nazareth, pray for us. Saint John Paul II, pray for us. Saint John Vianney, pray for us. Amen. In the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. All right. Well, yeah, no, so we're... Um, why Why did you throw St. John
0: Vianney in there, Trey?
1: Well, because we're talking about confession, and, and that, that, oh, that, great. Guy was the, that guy was the... Um, that guy was known for sitting many, many hours. Yes. Um, and it led to, I've, I've, as I understand it, and I'm not an expert on him, um, he, he is, I think he's a patron
0: saint of priests. He is the patron saint of parish priests. I do know yes. that.
1: And he... Um, he was sent because he was he struggled with learning and doing that. They put him in a small parish in Vian. Wasn't it wasn't a Viani? I don't or R. No R. R. Mm-hmm. In R's in France. Is mm-hmm. that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was the cure del de Cure de Yeah, cure um, de R. And he um he transformed those people. I mean, he the the impact. And I think I think that leads into what we're going to talk about today. Not just about the sacrament of reconciliation and penance or confession that we're going to kind of focus on today but but really it leads to what is true Jesus is who is responsible for the conversion of hearts yeah all right we're we are tools he was he was a tool that if we open ourselves up to and deliver in truth and love and make ourselves available to other people that Jesus God can use that to transform lives, can use that to transform whole communities of people. And I think that's important to remember. And, and one of the ways that we know objectively, well, first of all, that it's grace. Grace elevates our nature. Grace convicts us. Grace transforms us. Grace makes us different. And so where do we go to access that grace that, Is promised. Well, there's lots of different ways, and we can we can the grace can come through people we meet with and through reading of scripture and certainly through prayer and through daily offerings. All those things, grace is made available. But there's one place which is which makes Christianity and and the Catholic Church especially so impactful when we understand it, is that Christ left. The seven sacraments for us as an objectively known place to access grace. And it, by definition, we talk about the sacraments. The sacrament—a sacrament is a visible sign of invisible realities instituted by Christ to confer grace for the purpose of providing us grace. So, objectively, we we know when we cele- celebrate. A sacrament that grace is made available to us. So part of it, part of its ability to impact us, is our disposition. It's objectively there. It's our disposition to receive it and act upon it. And part of that disposition is, I think, at a minimum, an awareness that it is being made object- Objectively, meaning we can count on it. His grace is there available to us. Okay, again, he's the God is not bound by his sacraments and therefore he can provide grace in many other ways. Mm-hmm. But in terms of, in, in I mean, it's all through Christ that grace comes to us. And it can come, like I said, through many other, you know, options, people we hang out with, praying at home, um, doing whatever, reading scripture, those type of things. But, The Church, Jesus instituted these sacraments so that we can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that that grace is available there. So, part of being predisposed, I think, is at a minimum knowing that that grace is available, and then disposing ourselves to what do we need to empty ourselves of? What do we need to right?
0: And there's a there's an element of faith there, right? Because we have to have we have to have faith in the sacraments as they've been handed on to us from the church, that that invisible reality is taking place, that that objective reality is taking place because it's not something that we can scientifically measure, correct? There's not.
1: I mean, so there is. It's something, again, it's an invisible reality, which it's not something we reach out and touch. It's not something that we go and know that that it's there we can't run an
0: experiment than, and say oh your your soul has now 0. Know, 0. 0.5 millil- milliliters of grace. more grace than right. it did
1: before exactly and so grace is available and we have to trust that those visible signs those outward signs that are that are available to us do communicate what they symbolize. they right. They, the, the, what they symbolize is made present and active. And God is working in and through those signs. Really.
0: And so part of, part of being disposed to receive the graces or predisposed to receive the graces is, and, and we're not going to have time to go in. This would be a show for another time, but it would be not living in, even unthinkingly, living in a materialist mindset or a scientistic mindset, but right. but you know, understanding from philosophy um, that that there is more to the world than just material realities, and that, and that's that's part of you know the, the, the so that's work that has to be done kind of beforehand, right?
1: The mystery of parenthood is based on the fact that there are outward signs that are not merely signs. They are signs. They're, they're symbols. They were instituted by Christ because they communicate something in their signs. Mm-hmm. But it's not just a sign. It, 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 it also is something that has an impact that confers grace to us in our participation in those sacraments. Right, right. And part of being a, a participant is the awareness that that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. It is a way in which he confers grace. So, I mean, uh, of the sacraments, you know, they're all, I mean, water. In every sacrament we talk about, there's always matter and form. Right, matter and form, right. So so, so the matter is that which the sign comes from, you know, um, and the form are the things that need to be said. Um, and so, for example, Has to be water for baptism, right? Right. It can't be spittle. It can't be a diet coke or or a fresca or something.
0: (laughs) I mean, and just a quick side note: I learned a few years ago that um, in the early Middle Ages, there actually were letters from bishops in Germany, what we now call Germany, I think, to the Pope asking, "Can we baptize people in beer?" (laughs) because the water that we have is a lot of the water is brackish. It's not very clean. It's hard to get clean water. And, you know, the Pope said, no, it's, you're going to have to find some water to
1: use water. And, and so that that's the matter of, and the sign. And that's a fairly easy one to recognize because water cleans water invigorates, enlivens. It can also kill Mm -hmm. because one of the signs, maybe even the chief sign of, of baptism is dying to oneself mm-hmm. um and so water is one of those mm-hmm. um the, the matter and so the before form. we
0: do the the matter with with penance because i it, it's it's such a surprising thing that what the matter is right. can we do the form for for a reconciliation first and then we'll come back and do the well matter? i mean i think
1: the the words the words the the words, the form Mm -hmm. Well, let me finish. I baptize you in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit. That's become evident (laughs) that that can be a problem because there's actually a a large number of people who just recently became aware that somebody was baptizing. We baptize you, which is the wrong form. So you have to have the proper matter and you have to have the proper form. Right. And, you know, with, 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 the Eucharist—it's wheat bread. Mm-hmm. Can't be apple bread, banana nut bread. It has to be wheat bread. It, it can be leavened or not. Um, in the Roman rite, it's unleavened, mm-hmm. but they're valid. Um, they're valid Eucharists that are in the Eastern rite that is leavened bread. The key is it has to be wheat bread. And then the other the the, the, the you know the, it has to be the, all the things have to be said this is my body is is the the form that has to be said by a validly um, ordained Catholic priest um, because they that's what gives them the power Christ working through them and persona Christi of and that's why he says this is my body right. I've also heard people you know. This is our body or this is his body. You know, so this is my body. Right. Because in any sacrament it's Christ and the Holy Spirit that are doing it. All right. The, 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 again, like I said, as with all grace, there, there are the material actors in terms of the ones we can reach out and punch mm-hmm. or, or touch or hug or kiss or whatever. That, but they're working. Jesus is working through. The Holy Spirit is working through. Those people, in in that. So when we get to when we get to the to the form, you know the, the, at a minimum, I absolve you, of your sins in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's a long way that that coming from again a validly ordained. Priest, um, would be the. The form,
0: mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the the matter is is so surprising. It's surprising it's, it, at first glance. It's surprising. Yeah. It
1: is, and it's and it's hard. It's hard to put it because it's con- it it's contrition. Yeah, it's the penitence, contrition. It, the, the matter is them being heartily sorry, sorry. You know, either out of fear or hopefully perfect perfect. Uh, contrition is going to be out of love of God. And we say that many times in, in, um, in the act of contrition Mm because I fear the pains of hell, but most of all, because I love you and you are worthy of all my love. Right. I may not have said that exactly right, but that's the essence of it. And so contrition is the matter. Um, and so while it's really easy to You know, water is the matter, or wheat bread is the matter, Mm -hmm. or a male um, is the matter of uh, properly. I mean, a validly ordained priest, or a male and female are the matter of a valid marriage. Mm -hmm. Those are all things that we can like just say, okay, (laughs) we got those. Mm -hmm. But really, the contrition. is there and so you know some of the some of the great priests you know Padre Pio was known to say I'm you know I can't absolve you because you're not really sorry <laughs> you're you're like bragging so come back when you're sorry when the matter is there I mean that may or not may or may not have been what he said but that's what he's doing so you know whatever you hold bound in heaven shall be bound on earth and whatever you loose yeah. On Earth will be loosed in heaven
0: as well. Yeah, like for example, you you uh, if you go into confession and you consciously, deliberately withhold a sin, and you don't confess it, that it can that invalidates your your confession. Correct. If
1: you if you know,
0: like I mean, if you're, you're convicted,
1: knowingly, you knowingly say, "I'm I'm I'm not, not going gonna, gonna to mention, I'm not this, gonna mention one. this one. I committed adultery and. I think that's too
0: much for the priest to handle. Or I, or I just can't, I can't bear saying it. it's too embarrassing or too shameful. I'm not right. going to say it.
1: There, there are many things like that. That's when you withhold, um, not not when you forget.
0: That's, yeah, that's different.
1: It is different. So like if you, you know, if you, if you go to confession and you are truly sorry and you've made a good examination of conscience and you are sorry for what you've done and then you're absolved of your sins. And then as you walk out and you go do your penance, and you're going home, you go, oh, I forgot. You know, I should have
0: I forgot that I committed adultery. <laughs> <it to laughs> no, well, no, I'm not, probably I'm not kidding. that one. I'm but kidding. But, maybe, <laughs> but
1: maybe there might be there might be another sin that you're like, I forgot. You're still absolved of your sin. It's something you exactly. probably should be, bring back the next time you go to confession, right. which shouldn't be too long. I mean, I I right. I'm, I'm gonna get back into doing it monthly. I mean, I'm more on a two to three month just because of my you haven't been fault. saying that much. No, that's
0: <laughs> you get
1: my fault. I should be. I think that we should all try to go once Absolutely. a month. Absolutely, um, going go sooner. That that that's great. But you're obviously only required by the church to do it one time a year, right? Um, and this is we're heading into a perfect time for. <laughs> For that exactly, tomorrow
0: that. is well. The day you're going to be hearing this is going to be the day before Ash Wednesday.
1: Before Ash Wednesday, so as we enter Fat Tuesday, today, and again,
0: listen to another, us on another Tuesday. Another
1: important part of being, I suppose, to understand that sin is what blocks God's grace to, or limits our disposition to receive and have His grace be active in us. We we can say no. <laughs> to God's grace working in us. And I, I think it was St. Francis de Sales. I don't count don't quote me on that, but 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 I believe in his introduction to the devout life, he talks about um the oil, kind of the oil of sin and the, you know, the water of forgiveness or, or water of grace, and that those don't mix <laughs> well. Mm. And if you're full of one or, you know, if you're blocking it because you you haven't gone to confession, you're limiting the ability. Not you're not limiting the amount of grace God wants to pour, but you're limiting the ability to to do it. And I guess mortal sin is really kind of just a complete blocking. He's trying to pour the grace, and and you're not even allowing it into us. When we when we did we did a kind of teaching the kids um, when we when we started Red Sea back before radio shows and everything. What we did is we took a a glass jar and we filled it up with water. Then we poured it out and we started throwing in rocks. And so it was when it's when it's full, throwing in rocks. And if you poured it back in, you couldn't pour all of the grace back in. That's you know that always falls short of what's actually happening. But the idea is there. Right. So being disposed to receive all the graces that are given to us in and through the mass, or to be Disposed receiving the graces of the sacrament of matrimony, emptying ourselves of those sins, being forgiven of those sins is important to opening ourselves up to God's effectiveness in working. Not because He, it's because of something that we're doing to stop it. Right. Um, so anyway, uh, I don't know if there's any other
0: things. I think it's important. I, I just as Which, yeah. I think your part of your point was we're entering into what is the church's season of penance. It's a penitential season Lent and it's, we're encouraged to at least get that yearly confession taken care of during the season. If not go more often than we're, than we're going and just take a real, um, taking an examination of conscience to our whole life throughout the entire season. And, we came across a nice article from the Adoremus Bulletin. Uh, Adoremus is a liturgical arts journal. Through, um, I think it's in association with Steubenville. Oh, is it? But but don't 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 quote me on that. Don't quote me on that. Yeah. I... Um. But uh, the the article is by a professor. Michael Brummond, he's a professor of assistant professor of systematic studies at Sacred Heart Seminary and School of Theology in Hales Corners, Wisconsin, and he got his doctorate in sacred liturgy from Mundelein Seminary.
1: And so, we're going to talk about that. I, th- I think it's really important because a lot of people ask, "Where is it in the Bible?" <laughs> that and, and there's only there's only a few places. Oh yeah, yeah. This is yeah, there's good. only a few places in the Bible where the church says this is. <laughs> Where this is being conferred, where where Jesus is instituting
0: this sacrament, right? And so, this is a scriptural what, uh, basis for the sacrament of reconciliation, right?
1: And so, so if you look at post-resurrection, um, this is chapter twenty of the Gospel of John, and Jesus post-resurrection is, is shows up um, to see the to see them, and Jesus says to them, "Peace be with you." As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. He's handing off what he's been sent to do, (laughs) to forgive sins by his action. He's handing off to the apostles
0: that part of his ministry. John 20, 21 through 23.
1: Right. And, and so he hands it off. He doesn't, there's nothing other than him directly saying, if you um, forgive the sins of any, then they are forgiven. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. And so I think that it's important to know where that, where that is. He, he, uh, you know, you can talk about what the church teaches with regard to, that's why it's so important, validly ordained priests and that that's been passed down and that the bishops have been passed down and we can trace back um, every bishop and every Pope back to the laying on of hands, which is um, the matter of, of ordination of holy orders. Um, And so it's really important that, that you understand that it's been handed on. And when he says, I absolve you, just like when the priest says, this is my body, it is Christ who is speaking to us. That, that, I think that's so important to know. Um, and to that extent, you know, the <laughs> we should not be afraid of sharing anything with a priest. They are, they are bound to To not talk about it, I you know I've I've even had some priests that like I, that were regular confessors face to face, and I would bring up something, and they would say, "I, I don't remember that." <laughs> I think it was part of I don't remember that you had that problem or whatever. And so, um, whether that was true or not, I think it was communicating. You know, I forget it. <laughs> I forget it the minute that you know I, I absolve you of your sins, and so. Um, or Jesus absolves you through the holy orders he's given me in and through the sacrament of holy orders. Um, so anyway, I, th- I think those are all important important points um, to remember for us Catholics um, as we enter into this. Now, it's kind of as a precursor to us getting into this, I just want to be clear that what we're going to talk about things today this the, this article is called the seven things you probably didn't know about the rite of penance that many of these things are not practically possible especially when you're talking about large numbers of people in short periods of time that priests have to do it in fact you know one of the things that i know that priests ex, you know expect of you when you go into a, a confessional particularly when there's a long line out there is to get to the point, <laughs> to confess. You know the what it is that you did, the number of times you did it, those those type of things, and get them out there because because ultimately that's the reason for the sacrament. But the church does have a richness that's available, so do not expect this from from the priests here um, or. Anywhere other than, it, I think it was interesting because I I didn't know that there were these seven things or or I I didn't know the the depth of them. There's such a richness that's possible, and not all of us. You know, I used to have somebody that I would meet with once a month for an hour, and part of that was always confession. So we, usually we'd try to start with confession because if we got a, got talking, the hour'd be over. There was time maybe for some of this, but in the ordinary performance of it, I think particularly if there's like here at St. Mary's where you have, you know, perhaps hundreds of people lined up um, for confession. Yeah. um, It it may not be.
0: One of the things that I loved about the article was, was just how it communicated to me that our church doesn't look at penance in a way that maybe non-catholics might stereotypically think of it which is it's sort of a perfunctory get out of jail free card you go in you you say you say what your sins are and you get them you know scrubbed off with every intention of going out and doing the same thing and that, and that there's i think there's a stereotype of it that's kind of a cynical View of it, and the rite of penance, as it's explained in this article, is has the has the um, the framework, has the components to really make it an encounter with the living Word of God with Christ, right? And to really make it a transformative experience. In a on a on a human level, you know, to human perceptions of emotion, psychology, your intellect, right? That it can be it can be truly transformative. Not to mention what's happening in the invisible sphere with with the grace that's being imparted to you. Is that? I, I make think sense?
1: I, there's a couple of things you say there that, that I think are really important. It's always about an encounter with a person. Yep. Any any sacrament is meant to be an encounter with our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, that's that's that is what is meant to happen. The other thing that I think you said that I think is worth um, talking about, and and I bet since you I know you've been doing your Vatican II documents mm-hmm. and Dave Urban on the on the Word of God, is you mentioned it's an encounter with the Word of God. The mm-hmm. Word of God, as we understand it. Yep. As Catholics and as I believe Christians have understood it for millennia, the Word of God is Jesus. <laughs> He's He is the living Word of God. That's right. And that in in that document, <clears throat> excuse me, they will they actually say that we're not a religion of the book. Mm-hmm. I I think those might be the exact words or at least the translation. Um and what that means is We, you know, our, our, the magisterium of the church, sacred scripture and sacred tradition, all of that goes together in forming the kind of the teaching office, you know, of the church. It's not scripture alone. That's right. And, And I think that that's important for us to remember as we go, this living encounter with the word of God is, essential and he does point out a few a few things. So again, we're we're gonna we're doing this show because of the richness that that the church can afford us, but at the same time there are practical concerns that are real and 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 do not diminish nor invalidate in any way, shape or form what happens in the confessional. If there is true contrition, whether it be imperfect or perfect, and there is an openness to confess all the sins you're aware of, um, and that you're sorry for those sins, and the priest absolves you of those sins by saying, I absolve you of your sins in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, then um, those sins are gone. And all sins, even the ones that you have forgotten by by an oversight or something else, not, not by actively withholding something that you know you should confess and you didn't, then then you are forgiven at that point. So, I mean, I think confession is so rich in a lot of ways. I think another misconception, I, I know we keep going further, but every time that we start talking, I start realizing things that I think are important to remember. Yeah, Confession is great at um, revealing something to us that is true that I think is often forgotten in in these days. Forgiveness is not the same as paying back your the debt. We can be forgiven and still have consequences associated with that. It's, and it has nothing to do with what Christ maybe didn't accomplish. He accomplished everything on the cross. So important to remember that penance, what we do... The, the sins have been forgiven they, they've been forgiven but there's still there's still something that we are asked to do because those sins have consequences so it, oftentimes it may be just taking time to pray or whatever but I think it's a lost um there's a lost line that 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 somehow adds forgiveness into no consequences mm-hmm Right. That forgiveness me if you're forgiven, then that means
0: all the consequences all the, con- are taken all away. the
1: consequences are taken away. And in reality, it's not I and mean, we know that to be true. I mean, I've told the story about the kids breaking the window after I told them not to throw the ball back towards the house and, and it met me in the living room before I got back there. They were very sorry. And again, here's that's why it's such a great sacrament because it communicates a lot of things. They were sorry because they broke the window. Sometimes a priest might need to help you to understand what you should be sorry about with regard to the relationship that's been broken with Christ. Right. Just like I said, that's not the issue. That, that's a consequence of the fact that you did not listen to me and take into account the fact that I was looking out, not only for y'all, but for others by saying, don't throw the ball back towards the house. Throw it parallel to the house. <laughs> and so sometimes a priest a good priest if they have if they have time doesn't doesn't diminish if that's what you think is wrong and you confess it and you're truly sorry that's fine but sometimes a good priest can say well, I think you really need to look at it this way in terms of the tr- the trust that's
0: been broken as a result of that May or may not happen. It's not so much that you broke the window, it's that you broke the fourth commandment. You right, didn't you honor didn't, your you father. Didn't, you
1: didn't honor you didn't honor me and and respect what I had to say. And so the relationship is more broken, is more important than the window that's broken. Mm-hmm. And lots of times those two things go together. To to disobey something often causes further grief and consequences, which can make you sorry. But really, there's a deeper reason that needs to be addressed. So I think that's, that's really important. But here's the other thing. That, that window still had to be fixed. They were forgiven. The minute they, they were forgiven, <laughs> when they came in, I'm so sorry, I, you know all those type of things, they were forgiven. But the window still had to be fixed. There are consequences. We had to get somebody to pay for it. They were going to work off how we paid to get the window fixed. And it communicates grace. They didn't have the money to do it. I did it, you know, it was like God's grace is the only thing that actually fixes things, but they still had to do things in order to kind of pay it back. It has nothing to do with them not being forgiven. They're forgiven the moment that that happened. It's the same thing with us. Penance is not like, okay, <laughs> nothing is good until I do until I do that. It's more I broke the relationship and God has given me something that I can do. Which would have no impact if I did it by myself. If I just said, you know, I'm sorry, <laughs> and and I'm just going to do this self-imposed. There's something about consequences needing to be distinguished from forgiveness, at least on some level. Yeah. Right, obviously, a, a plenary indulgence, we're, we're going way off, but I think it's important. It, the consequences, meeting all the criteria... Are So there are cases when you could have the consequences removed. But I think we, in this country, well, maybe in this world now, we we tend to bring, there should be no consequences if I've been forgiven. And the reality is that's not the case. David shows as much. He was forgiven by God when he was sorry for having committed adultery, right? But God says that you're forgiven, but now your family is going to be, there's all these consequences that are going to happen as a result of what you've done. Yeah. And, it, and it's not that he wasn't forgiven. There were consequences. And I think we have to get back to it. in the, in the church in the sacrament of confession shows those things. We're forgiven when we're absolved. We're forgiven. He gives us, he gives us penance. We go and do that as some small act to try to reestablish the thing nothing that could be done separate from God's grace. Right? I'm not earning my forgiveness. I, I'm not, you know, well if I do this then I'm going to then I then I'm going to be back in good graces. I've done what he's asked me to do.
0: Yeah, and I mean the the prodigal son parable here is so instructive right. as to what what's happening in the sacrament of reconciliation, you know, that the the son he lives this profligate lifestyle and then he's reduced to to nothing he's slopping with the pigs he wants to eat uh, their, their food and he says okay if I just go back to my father I can be at least a slave in his, his household and I'm gonna, I've done this wrong I've done this wrong I'm, I'm going to tell him all these things I've done wrong and so I turn back around and I go back home and the father comes running out to meet him and doesn't even. We talked about this last time when we had right, Father exactly. Frater Giovanni on. We we re, recounted this. Well, I think parable, I think it's important. But to it's remember. so important.
1: And so many. So some people will say, "Well, look, you know, the consequences were taken. He didn't say you got to go do this, this, and this. He received him back, and that's indeed true. Sometimes, and and that's even the case in this life with regard potentially purgatory. I don't, don't no, nobody knows this. But purgatory is where those, but you can live through something that is purgative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so just because he doesn't say, okay, well, you're going to have to work your way back or anything doesn't mean there would not because what he lived through can be the purgative part of it. Right. Right. I mean, th- so sometimes, and I think even the church would say you can suffer to a great extent here before you die. And that can be part of your purgation, your cleansing
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, to the extent that you welcome it and, and, and accept it lovingly from the father.
0: Yeah. And relatedly, sometimes there's, there's examples where um, the, the con, the natural consequences of our wrongdoing will be, you know, mitigated or they will be kind of, taken taken away or taken on by by somebody else and we don't have to suffer those consequences because like in the case of the kids throwing the ball through the window you could have and you had the wherewithal to where you could have just paid paid for the window and you could have chosen to not make them work it off right, right? you could have taken the, you could have taken the natural consequences away
1: it's in, in and sometime. so
0: being we have we also have to get back to being aware that there's times where people just show us incredible mercy and they, they don't make us suffer what we deserve. They don't give us what we deserve.
1: Thank God. God doesn't do that. I mean, as long as we turn back to him and trust in what Jesus accomplished on the cross and, and go back to him. Mm -hmm. And again, as with all sacraments, if we have the ability to get confession, we should get to confession. But God's forgiveness is not bound by to the sacrament. Mm -hmm. Um, But the best way to know objectively we've been forgiven is to make a good confession and be absolved of our sins. And that's very comforting. All my kids always, we always, you know, there's always somewhat of a dread going to confession, but I'm always amazed at every one of them, including myself. When I walk out of the confessional, there's like a weight lifted off. Oh, sure. And it's, it is palpable. Palpable. It is something that's real. Mm-hmm. And so God's not like a we gotta do everything. I mean, even, even the idea of, you know, go say Ten Hail Marys or say a rosary or something like that relative to the sins we've committed that we've been is is minuscule. It's just some sort of sign of I want to my the relationship, but I want to show that i that, that that relationship has been established. It's kind of the fruit of the forgiveness that I've already received. It's only possible because of what Christ has accomplished. So again, it's not taking away from him. <laughs> it's just him coming down and allowing our humanity to come out because there's something about us that says, I owe something back, even though what I owe by itself separate from what Christ accomplished is really to some extent worthless with regard to the forgiveness of sins. Right. So. Anyway. So
0: we have about 12 12 minutes left. I'm sorry. No, no, no. This was just a springboard to talk about the sacrament of reconciliation and penance, and this is a penitential season of Lent that we're entering into. So this was was seven things that you might not know about the rite of of penance, and I thought I would jump down and say number three is what about bless me, Father, for I have sinned. So we usually learn when we do our first confession that that's how we open up the – uh, the sacrament, we, we sit down or kneel down in, in the confessional as the case may be, may be. And we say, bless me father for my, I have sinned. My last confession was so much time ago. And, um, this, the author here says, um, you can, okay, I'm sorry. The, um, that the right, the right of penance, um, doesn't have this actual formula in the rite itself. The, indi- the introduction indicates, however, quote, if the penitent is unknown to the priest, it is proper for him to indicate his state in life, the time of his last confession, his difficulties in leading the Christian life, and anything else which may help the confessor in exercising his ministry. And so the, the author goes on and says, so, you know, you could also open and say, you know, I am. I'm a married man. Uh, I have family. I have children. And my last confession was such and such time ago. And these are some of the things that I'm struggling, struggling with or grappling with in my living of my my Christian faith. And he says, think here of th- you can even think here of things like struggles with addiction. If you have any mental health issues that have been diagnosed by a professional, or if you're t- if you suffer from scrupulosity where you're just you know nitpicking. Um, yourself to death with um, sins, great and small,
1: right? And I love the fact that he says we'll help the confessor as both judge and physician. Yeah, and that's it, so a good confessor. Well, no, okay. Let, let me let me back up. I'm I, we're getting to are you are you contrite and is and are you being upfront completely with the priest? Right, but there is something about it, the confessor trying to. To judge, like, is this is this really a mortal sin? Is this a venial sin? Right. Um, not not that either of those... I mean, of course, you want to confess all your mortal sins, but there's nothing wrong with confessing venial sins. If right. In fact, it's... But if
0: you're really struggling with an addiction to something, well, right. then you don't have full freedom right. to act, to act right. when you commit those actions. So that does... Lessen the um, the objective um, culpability exactly
1: right. So those are things that that, that the the priest, as a judge of what's going on here, needs to do. But but as physician also, Mm -hmm. you know, good physician. I mean, good physicians they listen, but then they prescribe, Mm -hmm. and so the prescription may be part of penance. But oftentimes, you know, priests that I've had have been. Well, you might want to be you know more thankful about you know the fact that you have a family or, mm-hmm. you know, the things like that, that are trying to get you back on the right course mm-hmm. to help heal the problem, which may be the cause, me not being thankful, maybe thinking it's too much of a burden or it's more of a burden than I can handle or I'm getting frustrated mm-hmm. to get us refocused on, okay, let's be thankful for that first mm-hmm. and then maybe that'll help you going forward to not be as short or as Whatever. Mm-hmm. And that, that's part of being a physician.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and then, part of making that good examination of conscience and making ourselves disposed for the sacrament of confession, he talks about that there is a rite of penance study edition that he says, you know, if you're a lay person, get a copy of that because inside of it, the rite of penance actually has. Scripture readings that are that are optional, that that the priest could read before you you go into recounting your sins. And he says now he understands that's probably not practical for a lot of, you know, real world situations, but you can get those readings and look through the the sacrament of the, the rite of penance. And use those pieces of scripture to prepare yourself as you're doing your your exam, and before you go into the confessional. Because he says something that's very characteristic of the whole rite of penance is that that reliance on scripture, the use of scripture in the the conversation between the penitent and the and the confessor.
1: Right, and and so that could be something if you look at the ones that the church provides. Mm-hmm. That could be something that you do in preparation. 12 like
0: said, options for these readings, he notes. 12
1: options. I'm, I'm sure one of them is the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'll i just confess myself, I had a conversion in, in my 30s, and I went to a confession that was a, I said, Father Mike, Bishop Mike Sis, it, this is going to be, I mean, a doozy, a long one. You know, it's been. 25 years or 20 years or whatever it had been since my last confession. And my penance was to prayerfully read the prodigal son. That was a game. That was post. That was one of the most ap, you know, appropriate and fruit filled penances I've ever received, given where I came, because then all of a sudden I could see the turning around and for me to have that as a penance, and I'm sure that's one of the 12. I bet it was uh,
0: an easy penance on a human level, but it was probably a not not an easy penance on, on another level.
1: Right. And, and that's, you know, I think it's good to read that, to remember that we've been forgiven. We've been brought back in the fold. God loves us. He's not asking anything more of us other than to go and try to sin no more. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I think that I think that's a a great thing that you could that you could add to your penance is to do that and maybe certainly those twelve you can get them you know those twelve would be things that maybe you could read you know during the week as you go through Lent as yeah. well yeah so um, let me see we're looking at looking at some of these other ones uh, you know I found that you know the act of contrition. Um was another was another thing that I found interesting because you know it was you know, God, yeah, talk about and that. memorize, memorize <laughs> and, and he's saying that no, it could be it, it, it you can use scripture as your as your um as that. So like he he talks about the prodigal son, Father, I have sinned against you and I no longer deserve to be called your son. Be merciful to me a sinner, kind of springboarding off of that. As being a a good act of contrition, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then in confessing that, or Psalm fifty one, which is another one, you know, thoroughly wash me from my guilt and of my sin, cleanse me. I acknowledge my offense and my sin is always before me. Mm-hmm. Those are right, the scripture verses right out of that that could be used as well. I mean, the issue is, I, I'm aware of my sin. I'm sorry for my sin. I've named them and I will do my best not to do it. Mm -hmm. You mentioned something that's really important. Repetitive sins are a fact of life. Yeah. You know, and that does become embarrassing if you keep going back to the same person and you have the same sins over and over. The issue is when we, when we confess that sin that we intend to try to not to do it. (laughs) But the reality of it is, I think it shows us what is truth. This is a battle. (laughs) This is a battle. there there are skirmishes that are going to happen over and over and over again as we work toward the battle, we work towards trying to win the battle. but on this side we can win small battles. we may be able to with God's grace to rid us of certain things, but there's almost certainly always going to be an awareness of ways that I'm sinning. and it could be as quickly as, Right, at, you know, soon after our we've been absolved from our sins, you still have to trust in God's mercy. You still have to remember He still loves us. So,
0: yeah, and He loves us so much. I I always think that this is incredible. <laughs> this is so incredible. He loves us so much that He has His church direct that the priest. Quote, Must pray and do penance for his penitent, entrusting him to the Lord's mercy. The priest is expected to do penance for us after he finishes hearing confessions that right. day. That just always blows my. I know. I wonder how that I mean, my heart opens. Now
1: that I see the lines outside of some of those confessionals. <laughs> I mean, like my goodness. But again. He's acting in the person of Christ and, and, and being in the person he, again, all of this is because of what Christ accomplished. Right. And all the priests are properly understood are doing it in light of the fact that they know they are a sinner as well, Mm -hmm. but that they are acting, trying to act like Christ in his priestly ministry, um, who gave himself up, suffered for our sake. And that's all they That's what they're doing. And again, separate from what Christ accomplished, it's meaningless. But united with what Christ accomplished, and because the church is asking them to do it, it can have great merit. And again, not taking anything away from Christ, but Christ is allowing us, mm-hmm. is calling for us as humans to be like Him. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think it's a great example of how, you know, our Lord forgave many, many people in the the scriptures. And then he told his disciples, he said, you will do greater things than Uh, this. Look at how many souls the church has forgiven of their sins over 2000 years. Uh, It's beyond understanding.
1: (laughs) But again, Christ has done this. He provides the right of reconciliation and penance. I mean, the sacrament of reconciliation and penance for us and we're entering into, and so when you hear this, you know, put it on your calendar and make it uh, a part of your Lent. And um, hopefully, this was helpful. Um, music says, pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. He will, and He will this Lent. Just give Him a chance. Open up. God bless you. Pray for us. We'll be praying for you. Bye.